0: The Rebbe starts off the Sicha by relating a story that the Friedrich Rebbe told that on Pasha's Vayishlach of the year Tophkof Lamed Gimel, it would have been the last Shabbos that the Mizritcher Magid was physically alive in this world. As he was in bed, he said spe- he a Torah in the presence of the Chavraya Kadisha, his holy Talmidim, on the words Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim, that Yaakov sent Malochim, where Rashi translates Malochim Mamish literally Malochim. The Mezritcher Magid trans, translated Rashi's words as Malachim Mamish, that the Mamish of the malachim that's what he sent to Esau. In other words, the actuality of the Malachim, the lower part of the Malach, what you may call the guf of the Malach, as opposed to the Ruchnius, the spirit of the Malach, remained with Yaakov. So the Rebbe asks a number of questions on this. Number one, we understand that the reason why Yaakov is sending Malachim to Esau, not other human beings, Obviously, is because he figures that in order to elevate, to refine, to deal with Esau, he needs some special koyach, the koyach of a malach. If that's the case, you would think the main part you need from a malach is the spiritual, and the more spirit of the malach, the better. Not leaving the spirit behind and just sending the guf. The Rebbe also asks, what does it even mean to leave the guf, the, the, the spirit behind and sending the guf? Where even by a human being, the guf and the nefesh are not really things that can be separated by themselves. And the guf, the body without the soul, has no power on its own. And certainly by a malach, you would assume that the guf is always only secondary to the nefesh. What would it mean to send a guf without the nefesh? The Rebbe also asks, if we look at Rashi's words, malochim mamish. what is he coming to emphasize? What's Rashi coming to negate? That it is, that he didn't send physical people, he sent malochim. In other words, the word mamish is coming to emphasize more and more that it's a malach, something of spirit, rather than something of the physical nature. According to the mezritcher magid, it comes as exactly the opposite. That the word mamish, that very word which Rashi is trying to emphasize that it was literally a malach, the Mizritcher Magid is coming in the saying that that word is actually coming to tell us exactly the opposite, that it's only the lower and more physical, corporal, um, actual part of the Malach, as opposed to the spirit. The Rebbe says, based on all of this we can understand, that when the Mizritcher Magid said that Yaakov that Avinu only sent the spirit as opposed to the guf, it does not mean that there was a separation over here and only the guf went and not the spirit, the spirit remains with Yaakov, rather of course Yaakov Avinu sent both of them. But as the Malach is by Esav with his guf and his nefesh, it's constantly felt and recognized that the only part I'm by Esav with is my body, meaning I'm only there to fulfill a purpose, it's only secondary to who I really am. Who am I really? Where is my spirit? My main thing, which is my spirit, always remains with Yaakov. Like we know the concept, where your mindset is, it's as if you're there. So when the malachim, with their spirit are by Yaakov, it's not coming to take away that they're not fully by Esau. But as they are by Esau, in spirit, they still remain with Yaakov. Based on this, says the Rebbe, we now understand that there's no contradiction between what Rashi is saying in the word mamash and the mezvitcher magid. Because what Rashi is saying is that Yaakov, Avinu, sent the very malachim, the very uh, malochim mamash in the literal sense. But how do we understand that? The way a malach could go in the literal sense to Yaakov, that's because the reason he has the ability to do what he's doing is because in spirit... As the Malach, as the Mizritcher Maggid explains explains that in spirit he always remains with Yaakov Avinu and that's why they could go and accomplish this mission. The Rebbe now goes ahead and connects this to the timing the Mizritcher Magid said it and the special herois that we have from this. And the Rebbe says, as mentioned before, that this was said just before the istalkus of the Mizritcher Magid, The Talmidim were there and especially the Rebbe was there. We know that the Rebbe had a special Chavivus, was specially cherished by the Mezritcher Magid. As Rabbi Yitzchok of Bardichev said, he said the expression he used was, we all, all of the Talmidim of the Magid, we all ate out of the same bowl, so to speak. But he, the Alter Rebbe, he took the very best. In other words, that he was especially connected to the Magid and the Magid's Torah. If that's the case, we can understand that this Hoyerah that the Mizritcher Magid said so close to the time of his passing has a special Hoyerah in the Sederah avoided generally of Chasidis and specifically to the Alter Rebbe and Chasidus Chabad. Also says the Rebbe, we know that the Mizritcher Magid said to the Alter Rebbe that Yutes Kislev is our special day of Ilula, our special day of celebration. The Mizritch market passes away on Yutas Kislev, and years later, the Alter Rebbe has his Chag HaGeulah on Yutas Kislev. So again, we understand, since this is just being said just before Yutas Kislev, we understand there's a special connection. In order to explain this, the Rebbe has a look at the general idea of HaFatz is HaYizchutza. We know the main Yafutsu MaNasech HaChutza, spreading of Chassidus to the outside, started after Yutas Kislev. And when we speak about the Mayonah being spread, this isn't only true in regards to Chassidus itself, but also, as the Rebbe is going to explain, this is also true in regards to Yidin. Because Yidin and Toyd are all one, and Yidin also have their level of what's considered the wellspring, and what it would mean to be spread to the outside. So the Rebbe explains we know we have the concept of Nigla de Torah, the revealed part of Torah, which usually we could relate to and understand in a much more open and revealed and easy way. Whereas the Nister de Torah, similar to the Nishama, like a neshama, which we can't understand and grasp so much, it's not as tangible. Nevertheless, Chassidus came along, this is the Chiddush, what Chassidus came to do, is that even those things of the Neshama should be able to shine in a more revealed way, having more of an impact on the body, and it should be more revealed to the world. How does this work? What does this mean? So the Rebbe says, generally speaking, the way the Neshama affects the body can be in two ways. One is that the Neshama is just ruling and forcing the body to be in a particular way. But the body is still felt as a separate entity for itself. Number two is when the neshama is so revealed, when the guf doesn't feel itself as a metzias for itself. The Rebbe says we could see this even in, as regards to our guf and our nefesh Bahamas. Our regular physical life force is supposed to be in a way, and in a healthy person in a way, that's not separated from the guf. There's no two separate things, there's the person and his life. Rather, whatever the nefesh wants, automatically his body is going to move in, the same, in that direction, because of that bitul and that connection between the body and the goof. In a similar way, says that a yid is true also in regards to his neshama, that the ultimate way that it's supposed to be is that the neshama and the goof become so one that every aspect of our goof is only there to facilitate the neshama in order for a neshama to be able to do what the Abishter wants, and tzitzis and fillin and tzedakah, and so on. So that's through the physical parts of the body. In other words, that the body is not seen as something for itself, but something completely one with the neshama, and there only to serve the Abishter. The Rebbe says, this I, these two ways of looking at it, whether neshama is only taking hold and control of the body, or the body is completely united with the neshama, is similar to a concept that's often discussed, the difference between kol ma'asech shamayim and b'chol d'rochech o'dayu. Kol ma'asech shamayim means when you're utilizing the world as a means to an end, as a means to help us serve Hashem. Kol is when the thing itself, the gashmi itself, is becoming holy. Not only am I eating to be able to serve Hashem, but the eating itself becomes a mitzvah, whether it's a sa'udas mitzvah, whether it's eating on Shabbos. In one of the footnotes, that Rebbe gives an example of Yitzhok planting and sowing, just to be able to give tzedakah and miser and so on. Says that Rebbe, these two ways, are exactly the same points of these two relationships between the neshama and the guf. If it's a situation where the neshama and the guf remain two separate things, the guf is only there and going to listen to what the neshama wants the guf, the neshama has to rule over the neshama, then we end up in a situation similar to Kol physicality matters. But yes, it's going to do everything to help us serve Hashem. But when the neshama is revealed in a much greater way, then the guf is never felt as a separate, separate thing and all matters of Gashmis are only seen as a way to facilitate the Rukhniyas. It's only there to bring about the isgalus of the Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, this, from this we also understand, the Rebbe says we could see this also in our physical body. When a person is healthy, so then you don't feel your body as much. The sign that a person is unhealthy is when he starts feeling the heaviness of a certain part of his body or the aches and pains in a certain part of the body. And therefore, the Rebbe says the same thing again is true with the Neshama. That when our Neshama is revealed, we completely don't feel any part of the Gashmias. Rather, it's only there for the Ruchnias. The Rebbe gives an example in regards to eating food. We're eating the food because through this we'll be able to make a, bruch, a baruch atah Hashem elam, to reveal godliness in the world. The Rebbe brings a famous story of rabbi Yamin Kletzker, a chosad of the Alter Rebbe, who was a lumber merchant and at the end of the whole calculation and his business, what does he write? In other words, that the sach hakol, the bottom line of all of his business is only to serve the Ebeshter. It's only about Hashem Echad. The Rebbe tells the story of the Alter Rebbe where one time there was a very chosh of a visitor that came to visit the Alter The family was preparing food. Each one wanted to prepare something. Famous story that they didn't know, it wasn't discussed who's going to add the salt. So everyone wanted to have the schos and everyone added a little bit of salt. Now the food was very, very salty. When this person couldn't eat it, but the Alter just ate it as if nothing happened. And the Alter later explained that ever since he was a mezrich, he removed, he doesn't have any more any sort of taste in the food, in the Gashmis. And the Rebbe says, even though we can't usually expect to be on such a high level all the time, nevertheless, from time to time, we could at least be poil on ourselves that we should be so involved in thinking about our avoider that we're not getting excited and thinking about the taste of the food and so on. Bringing this back now to Yafutsu Me'nasech Your Yafutsu means, on the one hand, that the wellspring itself is reaching to every single place, but also to the extent that your futsu is spreading in an unlimited way, that there's nothing of the world, of the outside world, that's remaining empty from the Elohim from the Chassidus. In a similar way is true with our Neshama. There's one way again that the Neshama is just ruling over the body, but then there's, as we said before, the Neshama completely is shining inside of the body to the extent where there's no part of the body that's left out of this. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the message of what the Bensvitcher Magid was saying when he was speaking about the idea that the Malachim are sent, but it's only the Mamash of the Malachim, only the lower part of the Malach. The idea being is that when we are being sent into this world, this is similar to Yaakov sending messengers to Esav, Esav representing the Birurum of our world. We have to be involved in the world in a way where we recognize that it is only the lower part of ourselves, which are being involved in the world, on the one hand, yes, we send a malach. In other words, we need to get involved with our whole spirit. It's our ruchnis, it's our neshama, that's the malach, so who speaks, inside of us, that's going to get involved in the world. But at the same time, recognizing that every aspect of the world, and every aspect of our involvement with the world, is so butler, so completely nullified to the mission that it's here for, to have the liqus that it's inside for, that's inside of it, similar to the body, that's completely bottled to the neshama, never taking up any space for itself, like the idea that we said, that the so therefore, when my mindset is in a certain place, or my ruchnius is in a certain place, even as I get involved with the Gashmis into a particular area, I always recognize that that's completely secondary to my main point and focus in what I'm supposed to be doing. The Rebbe says the same thing is true with the idea of the shlichus that the Rebbe gave us. That Rebbeim sent us into the world, on the one hand, we have to put ourselves, our neshama, into the place to bring light into the world. But at the same time, we need to make sure that the place doesn't influence us in a negative way. In order for that to happen, we always must remember that there's always that connection to the Mishaleach. We always feel that what we're here for is only purely for fulfilling the rotsin of the Mishaleach. And therefore, when we do it in that way, ultimately we'll bring the mayonis and we'll have Mashiach, take the Ezgalos of Moshiach, from Yad Mamash.